common sense. It's not so common anymore. That's why we need Scott Inez more than ever. It's time for Inez Says. Hey there, I welcome you back to the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. Thanks so much for being here today. You can find the podcast right there on the front page of the WDBO app. You can also join me via Apple Podcast and, of course, Spotify. And I invite you to join me on the radio every single weekday morning for Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. Be sure to stream us in the WDBO app. Well, we do this podcast from Orlando, Florida each and every week. And about a week and a half ago, we had an officer-involved deadly shooting in downtown Orlando. And on Wednesday of this week, Orlando Police Department released body cam footage of that deadly shooting of 26-year-old Derek Diaz. After being told to keep his hands on the steering wheel, the video does indicate that Diaz does move his hands to the center console, and that's when an OPD officer opened fire. Listen. Give me the other one and put your hands on the steering wheel right now. Don't move. Word. Put your hands on the steering wheel. Put your hands on the steering wheel. Are you guys good? Yeah. You guys shoot? Yeah, I did. Sir, hands. Hands. Now, it was interesting in listening to some of your WDBO open mics on Thursday morning, and much to my surprise, there were some folks, some folks who, after viewing that tape, were placing blame on overzealous Orlando Police Department officers. Listen. It seems I, as a concealed weapons permit holder, as would be held to a higher standard. I can't just shoot somebody because, oh, I think they're going for a gun. I want to know what happened to all those tasers OPD issued to their officers. Why wasn't the taser used first? You telling me four officers on the scene couldn't manage the situation with one person? I haven't heard anybody say anything about a non-lethal option. So I'm just wondering, do police officers still carry tasers? Because if there was four officers there, he could have drew a taser. I would say it was probably 70 to 30 in favor of OPD cops doing the appropriate thing in the shooting death of Derek Diaz on the early morning of July 3rd. Now, from a law enforcement perspective, let's delve into this story first with former Orlando police chief Orlando Rallone. Well, Scott, um, like you said, it's very difficult for anyone who's affected by a situation like this, especially the survivors of someone who loses their life when there's police involvement. But in this situation, as you mentioned, the officers are giving clear commands. The individual, unfortunately, decided to do something contrary to those commands, and it resulted in the officer taking an action against something that they thought was an imminent threat. It goes to show the importance of following instructions whenever you're dealing with a vehicle stop or a situation involving police officers. Police officers, when it comes to traffic stops, is one of the most dangerous situations that they can face because of, uh, of course, the history of incidents where officers have been hurt or killed during vehicle stops. It's in this situation, the lawful commands that were being given were followed it probably in a 
could more than likely have resulted in a peaceful resolution that obviously would not have resulted in someone getting injured or losing their lives. That's the thing, Chief. I mean, it certainly looks on those videos as if Derek Diaz made a move toward that center console after the officer told him to put his hands on the steering wheel a couple of times. That's all he had to do. I've never understood it, Chief, like that the people who don't do what police tell them to do, all that kid had to do. And like you said, he'd still be alive today. He might be in jail, but he'd still be alive today. And of course, there's a lot that is being processed or going through someone's mind. You know, what's going to happen now? Am I going to go to jail? Am I going to, you know, uh, be incarcerated for a long period of time? There's a lot that's being processed, right? But the, 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 the lesson to be learned here is that unfortunately, you know, when you when you decide to do something that unfortunately has consequences, then you have to live with that, right? But if you're in a situation where obviously everyone is in a high level of, of um, con- there's a lot of concern for what you may do, then you have to keep that in mind. The officers have to be mindful of everything that's going on around them. They have to analyze the situation to make sure that there's not a threat there to them or others. And if you take make a drastic move and you do something contrary to what you're being told, it will result in something that could potentially hurt you or cost you cost your life. And it's it's avoidable. It's very avoidable. And it's an unfortunate situation for the family to endure also. Yeah, I think that's a key word, avoidable here. Derek Diaz's family is heartbroken, obviously. You feel for them. Uh, they say that this is just the beginning, though, that the videos do not constitute complete evidence. How do you respond to that, Chief? Well, you know, that that is a very true statement. We have to also keep in mind that there is an FDLD investigation that will then turned o- will be turned over to the state attorney. The state attorney will then have a process to review all the evidence. We're talking body-worn cameras, statements, everything will be analyzed. So we do have to allow the process to continue and wait for the conclusion. But the preliminary information that has been shared, uh, especially with the video, in all honesty, it, it would lead most people to believe that the officer's actions were justified. But yeah. again, we have to wait for the process yeah. to be con- to I, conclude. I don't see. We're, I don't think we're going to see much of Ben Crump anymore, at least in Orlando. In your experience, how long do these FDLE investigations typically take here, Chief? No, it could it could take thirty days, uh, depending on how busy FDLE is at this time. It's a good question for them uh, to answer. I don't I don't want to answer for them. And then the state attorney's office will have a chance to review everything from this uh, that FDLE will provide. So uh, it, it's it's lengthy. It's lengthy. It, it it's unfortunate that it can't happen in a matter of days, but. The findings, the preliminary findings will be shared soon after the investigation begins, but the investigation has to continue. The state attorney's office has to review it. Then there's an internal investigation that has to be, uh, that will take place uh, from the law enforcement agency where the officer um, belongs to, right? So mm-hmm. again, there's it's thorough, it's lengthy. It's unfortunate though, because when you lose a loved one, of course you want answers, you want them quickly. And, um, but it's, it's part of the process. Thanks to XOPD Chief Orlando Rolone. Then we brought in a guy who was on the front lines not too long ago. I work with Casey Wright in the mornings here at WDBO. And Casey is a former law enforcement officer here in Central Florida. 
And I begin with Casey by asking him this question. First off, with your experience in law enforcement here, Casey, what do you think? Was OPD justified in shooting Derek Diaz? Right. In a situation like that, uh, they were justified based off of following all the policies and procedures in this situation. Now, again, it's not going to look like that to most on the outside, especially those who haven't worked in law enforcement, but the officers gave a valuable or, or a verbal command, which is usually where the use of force begins. And he disobeyed that verbal command as the officer was entering the vehicle, putting himself in what is known as a fatal funnel, which we've heard former police chief Orlando Rallone talk about in the past, putting himself in a fatal funnel in a very uh, weak situation in a very weak area. And he disobeyed the commands and reached for the glove box, which unfortunately in the past for other law enforcement officers is a an area of concern of somebody potentially reaching out and grabbing a weapon and, and firing it at them. Casey, you've heard some of the open mics this morning. We have some folks calling in saying, hey, well, wait a minute. If I'm carrying, why am I held to higher standards than the cops are? Because they, they didn't see a weapon in that car. What, how do you respond to that? Right. That's simply just a misconception. You can go straight to the Florida state statutes and read a justifiable use of deadly force uh, in 776.012 in section two it says a person is justified in using or threatening to use deadly force if he or she reasonably believes that using or threatening to use such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself or herself or another person so nowhere in that statute did it say that the person needs to have a deadly weapon on their person for you to use deadly force. well some folks are also saying well why not a non-lethal method of of uh, subduing derek diaz like a, a taser what do you say to that? Right. So there are four thresholds of force in law enforcement. The first being verbal, the second being hands-on physical, the third being less lethal, which would be the taser, and the fourth, uh, fourth being obviously deadly force. But sometimes in certain situations, uh, you can skip several to go to one another. And the other thing people need to learn about tasers is they are not 100% effective. Mm -hmm. They do have faults. They do not work. And again, the officer's imminent threat was that he was going to pull out a firearm, not anything of which he would want to use a less lethal in that situation. Thanks to WDBO's Casey Wright for his perspective. Meantime, the family of Derek Diaz says the videos released by Orlando police are not complete evidence. The FDLE investigation continues. That's going to do it for the Inez Says podcast today. Appreciate you being here. Find me on the radio each and every weekday morning with Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.